Good morning, Transformation Radio listeners. It is Monday. It is induction day into the ministry, one of the most important days of the week for us here. And we just want to talk about those guys that are coming in today. We're going to be praying for them. We'll be thinking about them today as they make this transition to this step. We've got some music for you. we got some scripture. we got a great devotional on faith today. Let's get things started with Audio Adrenaline and Walk on Water.
powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Father God, we thank you that you are our everlasting God. You are eternal. You never change, Lord. We pray for those guys that are coming in today for induction and orientation. Lord, you would just grab their hearts and uh, help them through this time. And uh, whoever they are, how many they are today, Lord, we pray them and we give them into your hand today for redemption. In the name we pray of your son, Jesus. Amen. Let's continue on with some scripture today and then a short devotional and some more songs. Let's get things rolling. April 18th, the New Testament. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 27. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, where Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, so you will be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then, turning to the other standing nearby, 
the king ordered, Take the money from this servant, and give it to the one who has ten pounds. But master, they said, he already has ten pounds. Yes, the king replied, and to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. Faith, it reads as this. Faith means you take God at his word. You never let yourself think that you're smarter than him, and you live inside his boundaries. Faith so completely takes God at his word that it is willing to do what he says and stay within his boundaries. Faith is a response of your heart to God that completely alters the way your life is lived. You don't just think by faith, you live by faith. Now it is important to face two implications of real living faith. First, faith is simply never natural for us. We aren't born with faith in God. We don't come out of the womb ready to acknowledge his existence, worship him for his glory, and submit to his rules. We tend to live by sight, by personal experience, by collective research, or by good old intuition. But faith isn't natural. It's natural to give yourself to wonderment about mysteries in your life you'll never solve. It's natural to imagine where you'll be in 10 or 20 years. It's natural to wonder why someone else's life has turned out so very different from yours. It's natural to panic at moments, wondering if God really does exist, and if He does, if He hears your prayers. But putting your entire existence in the hands of the one whom you cannot see, touch, or hear is far from natural. That is why faith is only ever a gift of divine grace. You and I have all the power in the world to doubt and no independent power at all to believe. So if you're living by faith, don't proudly pat yourself on the back as if you did something great. No, raise your eyes and your hands toward heaven and thank God himself for gifting you with the desire and ability to believe. Second, participating in formal Christianity is a part of the life of faith, but it does not define the life of faith. Just because you participate in the scheduled programs of your church doesn't mean you're a person of faith. You can praise God for his wisdom in that service on Sunday, but be breaking his law on Tuesday because, at street level, you really do think you're smarter than him. You can sing in thanks for his grace on Sunday and resist the work of that grace the rest of the week. It's so easy to swindle yourself into believing that you're living by faith when you're really not. So look in the mirror of Hebrews 11 and examine your faith. You don't need to do that fearfully, anxious at what you'll see. You don't need to deny the reality of your spiritual struggle or or act as if there's something that you're not. You don't have to fear exposure because your struggle of faith has been more than adequately addressed by the grace of the cross of the Lord Jesus. Run to him and confess the off-and-on-again faith of your heart. He will not turn you away.
Broken hearts become brand new That's what faith can do It doesn't matter what you've heard Impossible's not a word It's just a reason For someone not to try Everybody's scared to death When they decide to take that step Out on the water But it'll be alright Life's so much more Than what your eyes are seeing You'll find your way If you can was Cutlass with What Faith Can Do. Hey, just a reminder, if you guys have any suggestions, songs you want to hear on the radio, uh, you can get with any of the Phase Pastors, and they can shoot me a text or an email, and uh, we'll get those on for you. The guys that have been doing the affirmations, keep them up, keep sending them in, we'll keep putting them on. This has been a real blessing. I've had a great time doing this, and I hope to do it for quite a while. Um, Let's get some more scripture. We've got Chris Rice with Great Is Thy Faithfulness, and a new one from Hillsong today on Transformation Radio. Psalm 86, verses 1 through 17. Sometimes our trouble or pain is so great that all we can do is cry out to God for protection. And often when there is no relief in sight, all we can do is acknowledge the greatness of God and wait for better days ahead. The conviction that God answers prayer will sustain us in these very difficult times. We'll read about a prayer here in Psalms today. This prayer within a prayer captures a glimpse of vibrant spiritual vitality. We'll read the two requests are being made. Teach me your ways and grant me purity of heart. Each request has a God-centered purpose that the person praying would live according to your truth and honor you. See, no matter how well we know and follow God, we can always ask Him to increase our awareness 
and improve our obedience. Jesus echoed one of these requests in the sixth beatitude when he said, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Psalm 87, verses 1 through 7. A song, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. On the holy mountain stands the city founded by the Lord. He loves the city of Jerusalem more than any other city in Israel. O city of God, what glorious things are said of you! Interlude. I will count Egypt and Babylon among those who know me, also Philistia and Tyre, and even distant Ethiopia. They have all become citizens of Jerusalem. Regarding Jerusalem, it will be said, Everyone enjoys the rights of citizenship there, and the Most High will personally bless this city. When the Lord registers the nations, He will say, They have all become citizens of Jerusalem. Interlude. The people will play flutes and sing. The source of my life springs from Jerusalem. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. I have needed thy 
thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Hillsong with the first and the last. And as we remember our devotion for the day. Thank you. 